Illness in the Talent and Savvy team prevented us from recording a new episode, so we are doing a rerun of a topic which just cannot be emphasized enough, is the base of all things talent acquisition, writing a great job ad. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Talent Savvy, the podcast that inspires you on all things talent. I'm your co-host, Bas van der Hattert. And I'm Sophia. And I'm Kelly. Welcome. So, Kelly, what's your news of the week? So, I have two pieces of news this week, right? So, one of them is very quick. I was looking at the financial stats in the US, and it's been the largest investment year in HR recruitment tech that we've ever seen. $3.6 billion invested into HR technology and particular workflow technology, so recruitment automation, in the last year. That's the highest number ever. So in the middle of a pandemic, the market is absolutely saying we need to be investing more money in automation, which is getting rid of all those annoying things that we have to do as recruiters and getting systems to do it for us. So I think that's a, a... uh, fascinating, but also uh, interesting bonus for anyone that's in that startup economy and startup world. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. That's absolutely. I, I've seen the numbers as well. And I'm wondering if the pandemic might have accelerated it because we've all been talking about how the pandemic accelerated the adoption of workplace tech. You know, Zoom and Microsoft Teams have never had more clients. And now they're looking at the rest of the tech or if it's because... Well, basically, you don't get any interest anywhere else, so we might as well invest it in startups. Yep. What about you? Do you have news for us? or or, Because I've got another fun one that if we've got time, I'd like to squeeze in. But if not, tell me your news of the week. Well, my news of the week was actually a bit related to your fir- to your first news. Allied Market Research, which is a, a big market researcher on apparently HR tech and especially assessment tech, has come out with a report saying that the market for assessments and mainly the digital assessments will grow by 12% a year for the next decade, tripling in size over 10 years. So I was like, well, it's... 12% a year, that's pretty decent growth. Dig- digital assessment. So that's not skills-based. That's just, or it is skills-based. It is skills-based. It's uh, they, they, they looked at everything pre-employment assessment. Right, okay. right, that, okay. That's how they called it. But they did see a shift from the traditional get into a, a classroom and talk to a psychologist kind of assessments to really dig- more the digital pre-employment assessments Although it's not by definition one of the others, one of the other. And they also said, which surprised me, that they saw the biggest growth in code screening. And I was like, I thought that market was actually pretty huge already. So I'm not sure about that specifics, but the growth in assessment tooling was is, is there according to them. For, for me, you know what's great about that is it's a it's a vote of confidence for our industry. They're not looking at our industry and saying these things are going to go away. They're actually saying, you know, there's a prediction that we're going to continue to grow and that not all jobs are going to be owned by AI and that humans will still have a, a, a place in the work chain. So, um, you know, that's, it's encouraging, right? Definitely. And to be honest, I actually think that 
I had this debate with a lot of people. No assessment tech will ever be able to completely replace a recruiter because it's in the interpretation of what comes out there. You know, there isn't a personality which fits perfect for a job because it's almost always teamwork and you need to figure out which personalities help help each other. I think that is the same with, with the automation that, that you mentioned in tech that helps you automate stuff and doing that. It's never going to replace us and that's not the way i love automating stuff i love making my life easier i always think there must be a better way and i look at it as not tools and not automation to replace me but to enhance me and, and the, my abilities so what's your fun news of the week Gal? all right so my, my my fun news of the week so there's a a report i stumbled on towards the latter end of last week which i thought was quite amusing so it was published it was a survey published by rover.com so just bear with me right because we all love pets you know 50 percent of america's got dogs i'm sure it's probably the same in everywhere else in the world or, or, or to varying degrees so what do you think are the top three trending names for new puppies or new dogs or new parent ownerships bear in mind during the pandemic, many more people have taken dogs on. What do you think are the top three names? In fact, I'm, I'm going to give you one of them to give you, to give you a flavour, right? So in third place is Pfizer. Can you imagine your dog? Come here, Pfizer. What do you think two, two and one might be? Give you one guess each and then I'll reveal. Corona. Close, but not quite there. COVID. That was in the top ten, but not in the top five. So in second position was Vax which I think is quite cool. <laughs> Call your dog Vax. And number one, up by 445%, the most popular trending dog's name, according to Rover.com, was Zoom. There you go. <laughs> it's become it. such a part of our life, we're calling our dogs by the name of it. So now, what do you reckon the prediction, bearing in mind trends, what do you reckon the prediction will be for next year? Is it going to be Teams? Is it going to be something else? Something else. <laughs> yeah, so something completely else. Probably freedom. <laughs> now, Sophia, why can't we get your marketing team to start working on your clientele as they start encouraging their parents what's called their new puppy? And maybe your company has an entirely new purpose and you could get they be the number one trending puppy name for next year. <laughs> How am I to answer that? <laughs> Listen, I, 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 I called my rabbits Mona and Lisa. You should encourage people to call their pets uh, Toka and Boca. Exactly. Yeah, they might be doing that already. All right. <laughs> so before we get and dive into our topic, a short word from our sponsor. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year... Thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. All right. 
and we're back and today we're going to be discussing the job advert because it's one of the most important if not the most important aspect of recruiting. Sophia, can you tell me your statements on job adverts? Yeah, my statement is and I know that Kelly you agree with me on this one that the key word here is ad. It's an ad. And just like any other ad, the job is to sell. There is a difference between a job description and a job ad. And too many people out there make an equal sign between those two. I agree. Yet I want to immediately going to question how far do you go in advertising? Because how about if you oversell it, you will immediately have a lot of attrition. No, but it's not about overselling it. It's about making people interested. Like we mentioned before, when we spoke about the application process, should be easy. You should get what you want to get is people interested. Like you said, it shouldn't be applied. It should be, hey, I'm interested. Talk to me about this. So it's giving us enough information to get people interested and want to know more. And therefore, they hit that button and it's an easy flow and they're there and willing to talk to you. And that's what it's about, getting people interested. And, and just as much as it should be selling it, and it should be selling it to the right people. So some people who are not interested are going to look at it and go, that's not for me. You don't want them to apply because they're not the right word, one person either. I 100% agree with all of that. It's this is, this is just purely an advert to get somebody to express their interest. The rest of it comes after that. But the problem you see everywhere is that they take the HR job description, which by default is a a legal document describing effectively what you're going to be doing in the job, and they just post that to the internet, and they think that's going to encourage people to apply. And and I think that most candidates get get blind to that because they see the same thing again and again and again. Yeah, and the analogy I do is that you don't sell ketchup by listing the ingredients. You sort of give the flavor and what it is and what it does. That's how you sell it. And I would see the list of ingredients, that's the job description. Because that's still interesting. You're still interested in finding out. Maybe you need to know, am I allergic to this? You know, is there something in there I can't deal with in the job description? That's still an important piece of document, an important piece of information. But that's not the first thing we put in front of somebody. I think we're all in full agreement. I'm just really curious. Can we give a very specific pointer to our listeners? What's the difference with a specific example between a job description and a job ad? So, so for me, I use a, a methodology and I use company position potential. They're my three highlights. Give me one line on the company. Who are you? What do you do? Give me one line on the position or you know, one sentence on the position. What am I going to do for this organization? And then tell me a little bit about the potential. Cover those three bases, because actually at this point, all I'm trying to do is to see if somebody wants to go. I'd like to find out some more. That's it. The, the one example I sometimes give, because especially I'm, I'm doing a lot of tech recruitment or have done at least. And when you talk about, let's say, a Java developer, what you're going to say to a developer, no matter what language they're using, is not you going to be pushing buttons, writing code. That's a bit of a no shit Sherlock. It's why are you writing code and what will you be creating and what's the purpose of your existence at the company? Okay, that the fact I'm looking for a developer, the fact that you're going to write code is redundant. We know that. But instead, why are you writing code and what is it that you'll be creating? And, and kind of, again, the purpose of you working for that company, that's what you want to put in the ad. I fully agree. And uh, the one thing I usually have as a, as a rule of thumb, the number of bullets under 
what we are offering you should be equal to the number of bullets of the things we request from you. So make it about equal in what we want from you, basically your degree or your experience, et cetera, et cetera, in the number of things compared to what we're going to offer you as a salary and all those kinds of things. That would at least mentally give people the idea that it's an equal relationship employee-employer. Yep. All right. So my uh, statement here is your job advert should never be exactly the same on your corporate careers website versus external job boards. And let me explain. I've seen so many job adverts on corporate career sites, which starts with about the company. Well, you're already on the corporate career site, so you know about the company because else you wouldn't be on that site. Also, if you followed some of the the tips we gave in our corporate career site podcast uh, three episodes ago, and you have a really nicely designed one, for example, you've already got pictures there. You, you already have quotes there from coworkers. You can take some things out, but that's that's the next step. But for example, the about the company should always be in your job ad on external pages, but never on your corporate career sites. What do you think about that? I would say my my statements in in terms of relation to that, of course, about the company where you know whether that's present on your career site or not and whether it's on a job board i would say that should never be at the top because what you want to do is sell the position first and explain what the person's going to be doing where you can talk about the company later to be honest in 90 percent of the cases i agree with you but sometimes selling the company before you sell the job especially if it's not the best known company but it does do really awesome stuff can actually help as well for charities, I would always start with about the company. Uh, you can sneak in the about the company without going, we, this is us, and this is what we do. You could say something, would you like to recruit for a company that, or would you like to work as a developer where you create this? So we're giving the information about the company without going, hi, this is us and what we do, and we're just going to talk about sales now for a bit. Agreed. There are some often better stuff. Like I said, in some cases it might work, but in 90% of the cases, I fully agree with you, maybe even 99% of the cases, it should be at on the bottom. All right, well, I'm going to be the, uh, the opposition in this party and say I completely disagree with that statement. Let me tell you why. I think that allows people to get lazy and they treat the career site like the job like we talked about the job description right the recruiters it's easy to get a job description and post it on the internet in fact you know get any job description now drop that job description into google or whatever browser you know whatever search engine you prefer and i guarantee you'll find four or five versions of it across different job boards etc etc right so for me let's take more pride in the activity or the content that we put on our job board and on the career section. And if we put in a job advert on the career section, I think it should match the job boards. I think it should match it for two uh, two reasons. One, I want the candidate experience to be clean. I want that candidate to jump from job A to job B. If they're on a search engine and they find the job and they click through to the career site, I want them to see the same content. And then there's two other tactical reasons. One, there are a, a number of job search engines. You know, There's one leading one in the world, but there's several. We'll look at the content and if it's 
different on the career site to their engine, they will block it. So you could cause yourself some problems and reduce your traffic. Um, and then the second thing is there are there are plenty of companies that will provide traffic for your jobs that are going to come and scrape your career site. So you don't have the opportunity to change it. So you really want to make the career site the the point of truth, right? Because those companies that come and scrape, those companies that come and crawl that data and post it out to you know wherever and whatever your contracts with them are. If that job title, let's let's give you an example. Uh, on your career site, you're looking for I don't know Java developer, but on the job board you put Java developer with a X thousand dollar signing on bonus. The people that scrape the career site are not going to get that information, and potentially you, you harm your success. So, whilst I see the point, I think there's some tactical reasons why. For me, it's not the best reason to do. It's not the best thing to do. I hadn't thought about the scraping aspect, but you're totally right. Because you do sometimes you see your ad somewhere, you're going, "How did my ad end up on this site? I didn't put it here." That yep. happens a lot. And again, like like just like you're saying, I totally get your point. If it's then different, what you put on your career site is something that should be able to go on a job board for that very reason. I'm totally with you. I think this is the first time we've ever disagreed on this podcast. I, f- I feel I feel like I feel like the bad guy here. I'm, no, no, I'm the no, opposition no, no. leader. It's no, I, I actually I, I have not considered the scraping part. I still think that it's a minor to some other things that it's it's just uh, worse reading. And you know that the less you scroll before you hit the apply button, the more chance you have people applying at the career side. I put the equation on the other part, but you make a really valid point. And that podcast is the one before this one. I agreed with Awana. Uh, last week as well <laughs> there you go there you this go. could be a us europe uh, situation as well because when i used uh, for Toco, we used to have another ats that was an american one and american based and i felt that when we use that one ads were more scraped than when we're using our current ats which is a swedish one listen different ats's there's no question different ats's have different scraping quality so to say or are scraped better or worse uh, we have a few dutch ones which actually advertise by we're picked up by google the best or indeed lo- loves us best without su- any supporting data but they do claim that and i can tell you that um, i used to work for a company which were so terrible at presenting their data that I actually had to go to Indeed and build my own XML uh, file to show to Indeed because Indeed wasn't even able to scrape our website until I literally offered it to them. And then we came in on top of all our competitors because most of our competitors were using the same crap ATSs. Yeah, I have a bit of a, of a side story with that related along the same line. So when we'll be using the American um, ATS that had to deal with, with LinkedIn that are you know, the free advertising part of LinkedIn, our ads always ended up there, but we also had the job slot for the paid ads, which meant that our ads were always duplicated on LinkedIn. One, which we were paying for, they were there, I made sure they were formatted right and nicely, and I had control of leaving them up or taking them down. Whereas the ones that were just automatically scraped and put there, they were formatted awfully, and I couldn't take them down when I wanted to. And this was a hassle to actually get that turned off by LinkedIn. And they were trying to argue like, oh, but so many clients want this. I'm like, so many clients want duplicated ads on LinkedIn. I actually don't think so. 
I think, yeah, it's great for those people not paying for job slots and ad adverts to go on LinkedIn, but to having the duplicates and one you have control over and one you don't, I don't see any client ever wanting that. No, but that's because you actually care about what you're sending out. And let's be very honest, a lot of people just don't seem to care. They're like, the more is the better. I literally found my job ads for one of my clients, which was a university, at a job board specifically aimed at Iranians trying to leave Iran on a PhD scholarship, which actually did lend us some awesome PhDs. I must admit, it was awesome. It was just, for some jobs, we were so swamped with applicants. And I was like, where are they all coming from? And then I found out... And I had to use Google Translate because, to be honest, I don't speak Persian. But with Google Translate, I at some point I was like, what's this site? And it turned out to be um, Leave Iran on a PhD to the West website, which was copying, scraping our, our websites. Fun fact on that, because they were Iranian and Dutch law, we had to do some additional IT security because Iranians aren't allowed in the nuclear lab we had which our IT department really hated when we started hiring Iranian PhDs because we had to literally change the, the, the access system internally. But that's a side chat. I mean, just on a couple of those points, first of all, you'd be surprised. So obviously I'm in the advertising business, right? So this is, this is something I've lived for many, many years. You would be surprised how many companies still say to us, what can I get for free? What can I get for free? Even in today's marketplace, you know, there's a there's 11 million jobs advertised in the US alone today. It's The average is five. We're, we've, we've, we're over, you know, we're, we're way up on where we've ever been before. 11 million jobs advertised. And, you know, at best, you can hope to get your fair share of the available talent. Yeah, people are still asking, what can you get for free? So you, you would be surprised. And, and, and you're perhaps one of the people that take the promotion and the image that the company presents in their job adverts to heart. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, this is a, a crucial part of attracting talent to your organization. And, you know, to me, there's four ways that you hire people, right? And I've mentioned this before, but it's you you, you run an ad, you, you do some sort of search, you use an agency or you use a referral. Nuances within those, but they're the four ways you hire. So if this is 25% of your attraction process, you should pay some attention to it. I think it should be a job advert and not a, uh, uh, not a job description. But you, you'd be surprised that some people are satisfied with relatively substandard looking job postings. Yeah. All right. So, Kel, what's your final statement? I mean, it's, honestly, it's hard for me because I live in this world, right? It's hard for me to just give you one blanket statement. But if I'm going to be pushed for just one thing, I would say you need to regularly change your content at least every six weeks. And by that, I mean, if you're advertising, because most companies have a certain number of jobs and they select that ad and they push it out. And quite often, especially in today's economy, you'll see that same ad again and again. If you're constantly looking for a yeah, again, let's use the Java developer example. We're constantly looking for a Java developer in Manchester. I guarantee if there's, the Java developers in Manchester, within a six-week period, if they're looking for a job, I have seen your ad. If you keep running the same thing without changing the content, it becomes noise. So again, I know I'm asking recruiters to do more work, but, but roll the content, change it, make some differences, change the job title, call it different things. Think about 
not what do you call that job internally, but what are people likely to be searching for? And you can run Google searches, you know, get some idea of, of, of what people are searching for. Some of your contracts will give you access to that. So, so change the content, follow the themes of what people are looking for, you know, make it fresh. Totally. I like that idea. How do you stand then on, so you said uh, one of the pieces of content you should be changing is the job title. For example, Java developer to Java engineer to... Yeah. F follow what people are searching for, not necessarily what you call the job internally. And whilst you can come up with some really like flamboyant job titles, if nobody's looking for them, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. I, I had that of, of like the job titles, especially where you call them internally. I like looking at Google Trends as well to see what titles are looked for when we're trying to decide between are we going to call it this one or that one? What is the most searched for title? But also as, a, as an anecdote and a story at Tocker, they were telling me, okay, we're going to start looking for a shop manager. And I'm like, okay, what is this? And what it essentially was, was somebody responsible for the in-app shop within the app. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, we can call it shop manager internally, but I'm not putting an ad out calling it shop manager because I'm going to get 8 million people in retail applying. So shop manager is not it. So we came up with the title of calling it, which is not a title that's out there at all. We ended up calling it in-app shop manager. <laughs> But I did a bit of an A-B test, same ad run twice, one called in-app shop manager and one that I call digital content manager because that was the title that I thought was like a title that people know about that was mm -hmm. the closest related to what the job actually is. So I posted in-app shop manager and I posted digital content manager, same content of the ad. The in-app shop manager obviously had less um, applications to it, but the rate of qualified candidates was a lot higher than, so lots more applications for the digital content manager, but so uh, less qualified candidates for the position. And the person we ended up hiring actually applied for both jobs. <laughs> so you was right in both circumstances is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. Brilliant. Okay. How do you feel about, because I personally hate them, but I'd love to hear your thing, the so-called, what we call the creative job titles. Like we're looking for this creative tiger or the, the you know, using animal names or, or and actually not describing the jobs. I mean, you use the word A-B test there, right? This is digital content. It can be changed relatively quickly. It doesn't cost you to change your ad. Let's face it, most companies nowadays or most people that are buying job ads of any volume are paying on a per click or per application basis. We're no longer paying to post jobs. That's a you know a, a, a trend that seems to have passed in, in most cases. That gives you the license, the artistic license to create multiple versions of the same job and see which works. It gives you the opportunity to change things relatively quickly. So I'm of the mindset of why not try it? Like in the US, Geico will sell advertising with a a gecko lizard character that speaks like me and you think well if if you can if you can sell insurance if you can sell sorry not advertising if you can sell insurance with that character then i think you can be creative but again testing 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 because it depends on what people are searching for and whether the algorithms on the job boards are going to serve your job and put them in front of the right people i have a, another kind of taco related thing to that like in the gaming industry there are titles out there and they might be slightly different from, from the other tech industry. And one, one title that's out there is game designers. A game designer is the one who sets kind of the inner workings of, of the game, what's going to happen in it and things like that. 
Tokaboka, because we don't create games, but we create digital toys. They're not called game designers. We call them play designers. That's I like that. Car- yes. Cool. And, and we were looking at, I think, one of, of um, the hiring managers or something at one point was going, should we say play designer or should we go out and call it game designer? I said, to be honest, I want to keep it as play designer because it says something about the position and it says something about us and the way we look at it. So in that case, I love and I like I absolutely love Toka's view on it because it gives an indication of us as a company as well that we call it play designer, not game designer, the inner workings. But when it is just Tiger Ninja Superstar, when it has no meaning behind using the different title, then I'm against it. But if it really serves a purpose and it's it's telling us something, then go for it. Do you know actually that when for the first generations of game designers they were called gameplay designers because uh, it was the gameplay which they were designing and later and the game design was usually more the artistic the the uh, the, the graphic designs of the game. Yeah, we have the issue when we when we go out for a play designer job. The amount of graphic designers and illustrators and people who draw that we get that not from the gaming industry, because there's a difference. Artists are the ones who draw. Game design is more, it's designed in terms of like UX, and but from a game perspective. Um, so, but people who don't know the, the game industry titles think yeah. designers draw, but they don't. Uh, no, I totally agree. So let's wrap up. Sophia, what's your takeaway of today's discussion? What's my takeaway? To keep on working on my job ads, as as you know, that's something that I I put a lot of effort in and, and I hire a lot through ads and I put a lot of that because I even wrote a, a blog post called If I Can Avoid Sourcing, I Will with a focus if I love sourcing. That's my, my thing. I love it. I even train in it. But why would I go out and source if I can get applications and good quality applications? So I also put a lot of effort into advertising and you can always do more. Kelly, what's your takeaway? I mean, almost going to echo the same thing for me. And I know I'm in the business, but for me, job advertising is by far the easiest way to recruit people there is. You know, you pay a small amount of money, a qualified person turns up interested to work for your business and starts a conversation. It's worth taking a little bit of time just to lean in a little bit harder to the quality of what you're producing, because I think it will have a, a huge benefit on the way and how quickly and the cost of what you uh, of the people you hire. All right. And... My takeaway is test, test, and test again. Why stop with one ad for the same job? So on that note, we are going to be leaving you. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you hear our podcast. And we'll be back next week.